Hello, it's me, Davin, and this is The Sound of You, the podcast that takes a holistic look at the healing and transformational power of singing and the voice. It's so great to have you here. I really appreciate you spending this time with me. Special thanks to those of you who gave me feedback on the last episode. You know that means a tremendous amount to me, especially when things really connect with you and I hear from you. Um, I love that. You can always email me, davin at davinyoungsvoice.com or you can DM me on Instagram. But uh, thanks for connecting. I want this to be a conversation. Speaking of, I'm waiting on questions from you. I want to address the specific questions you have around your voice, around ideas around the voice. There is no question too silly, too small, or too big, too grand to ask. So again, shoot those over to me, Davin at DavinYoungsVoice.com, or again, you can DM me at Davin Youngs. If you haven't left me a review for the podcast, and you, especially if you like this one today, would you do that on Apple Podcasts? Uh, this just helps me spread the word about what it is that I'm trying to do and give people a sense about what it is that goes down here in this Um, unique sonic space in the sound of you. Also, I have a big announcement. It's kind of like a pre-announcement announcement, but I can't wait any longer. I just have to share it with you because I'm that excited. So this spring, I am launching a new group voice coaching program. It's called Free Your Voice, Free Your Life, and it's going to be badass. I'm so excited because I finally have figured out how to take the most salient bits from my one-to-one coaching and bring it into a group setting. And I'm just confident in the possibility for transformation in this space. One of the things that is so frustrating about the one-to-one space is everything sort of happens in a vacuum. But the group, there's an affirmation, there's a collaboration, there's a energy of excitement. There is constructive feedback that can happen. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm stoked. So I'm just simply at the stage of gathering your interest. If this sparks your curiosity, head to davinyoungsvoice.com. You'll see a pop-up that you can enter your email address and register um, that you'd like to be notified more information about the program. And then coming to you soon will be all of the details around taking this essential step on your voice journey. Speaking of voice journeys, today's episode explores with you a theme uh, that I've noticed amongst the people that I've worked with and what it might mean for their path toward healing and transformation with their voice. So with all that said, let's do it. So a while ago, I had a realization I noticed something about the people that would find their way to me on their voice journey, particularly about the people that found their way to me and then hung around (laughs) for a while. Um, I noticed that those people tended to fall into one of two categories. Nine times out of 10, more often than not, they were either in the midst of some sort of significant life event sometimes crisis, or they were on the precipice, unbeknownst to them, of a significant life event, or sometimes crisis. 
When I realized this, it was a bit of an aha moment for me. First, around the work that I like to do. I saw myself more clearly in terms of the work that I'm called to do and the work that I excel at and the people that I tend to connect to and work with best. And I also started to see more clearly the themes of the types of folks that would come my way, um, the types of folks that might be willing to embark upon their voice journey, looking at it through this holistic lens, seeing it not just as a means of sounding better, but as a means of living a freer life. And even further, this led me to inquire about the people that came to me and were able to stick it out, who were able to find their way through. I mean, what were the behaviors? What were the patterns? What were the character qualities of those who found their way to me in the midst of crisis or on the precipice of crisis? And what was it that allowed some folks to find their way through to the other side, past the suffering of feeling lost in their voice, past the the frustrating nature of feeling as though their voice was stuck and finding their way into something that was so much easier and so much freer and so much more authentic in its expression. So I want to share with you some of what I've learned through this awareness and through this line of inquiry. And I want to do that for two reasons. First, to hopefully help you feel less alone on your journey. I hope that you hear a bit of yourself in what it is that I'm saying, because we've all been there. We all know what it is to be in crisis. We all know what it is to feel like something won't budge, like it's stuck, like it won't move, particularly as it relates to our voice. And in those moments, we often convince ourselves that we're alone or that we're hopeless or that we're helpless or that we can't move beyond or through this struggle or this trouble. And I also just want to share this with you as a vote of encouragement, because there's a good chance that you too are exhibiting some of these traits of those who have managed to make their way through the struggle, through the pain, through the suffering of feeling like their voice won't do for them what it is that they want it to. Okay, so I mentioned that the people that tend to find their way to me, and particularly those that stick around for a while, often, most often, fall into one of two categories. And the first category is those who are in the midst of crisis. And I'm using crisis pretty loosely here, or broadly, I should say. But you could just think about this as being a significant life event. And sometimes that significant life event is a shit-hitting-the-fan moment. <laughs> it's like when things are sort of falling apart at the seams. And then the second category is people who are on the precipice of crisis. And the caveat with this that I've observed so often, which is fascinating, is that that crisis is unbeknownst to them. They haven't quite um, seen yet what will occur. They haven't yet noticed what is about to occur. So within that first category, I think about these people as falling into a Venn diagram. Two circles that are separate but overlap. And when they do, the overlap has significant meaning. Um, think about the left circle in the Venn diagram as containing 
the people that you would most obviously imagine to look for a voice coach, that their crisis was simply a crisis of something not working with their voice. Something felt stuck, something felt uncomfortable, something felt uneasy, something just felt like it didn't work in how the sound was made. Um, Maybe they had, you know, a history of singing and they recently found their way back to singing and things just weren't doing what they used to do. Or maybe this is someone who was trying to do some recording and as they heard themselves back in the recording, they just constantly found themselves in frustration around the quality of the sound. Or maybe someone was getting ready for a performance and in their practice just realized that their voice wasn't up to snuff. It wasn't going to be able to handle the challenge of singing that song or that concert. Or if someone goes on tour, the stamina to go uh, through many shows and to have the voice be able to sustain. Or maybe someone is habitually experiencing fatigue or physical discomfort in their voice, chronic hoarseness, raspiness, um, physical pain and discomfort. Or even someone has been diagnosed with an injury or a pathology around their voice, vocal nodules, polyps, granuloma, swelling of the tissue. All of this sort of stuff really, of course, makes sense that one would pursue a vocal coach. Um, When one finds themselves Uh, in need of a person that has a specific expertise in the area in which they struggle. But I think if any of us, or um, I think because all of us have had a moment where we have felt this specific way about our voice, we also know that these experiences can quickly lead to existential moments of crisis. Like if I hear myself in a recording and I don't like the sound, I fundamentally don't like the sound, that can take me down a tricky emotional path. Or if I have a memory of myself being a great singer and then I come back to singing and I'm really struggling, there can be a lot of grief and sadness that comes up around this. Or if someone has been booked to do something and they just don't feel like they're going to be able to achieve it, they don't trust their body to be able to achieve it, this can quickly turn into a crisis of anxiety. What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? I need help. But then in the right circle of our Venn diagram sits a group that sometimes believes themselves to be separate, but often have a tremendous amount of overlap. So this would include people who just shit's going down in their life. Maybe they're in the midst of divorce. Maybe they've recently lost their job. Maybe they've decided to um, quit a career that they have been doing for a very long time and explore something different. Maybe they've been diagnosed with an illness unrelated to the voice. There's been something that's really shifted their um, understanding of their health and their body. Or maybe they're in the midst of tremendous grief. There's been significant loss in their life. And for whatever reason, they feel like their voice is their best tool for processing what it is that they're going through. They feel like their voice is a necessary means of finding their way back to themselves. And amazingly, they're able to name that. They're able to say that this path, this path of the voice is the tool that they long for, the tool that they need to restore balance and uh, find healing 
in their lives. Now, the crossover of the two circles in our Venn diagram refers to those who are able to see the inevitable interconnectedness of the stuckness or the frustration they have with their voice, the technical problems they have with their voice, and its relationship to the shit that's going down in their life. It's the person that can say, so I have vocal nodules and I'm incredibly unhappy in my career. Or it's the person that can say, I have not been singing for many years and those years happen to overlap with the years that I've been in this unhappy relationship that I'm bringing to an end. It's the person that says, you know, I always wanted to perform. I always wanted to be seen as a singer, to be heard as a singer, but it wasn't until I lost my best friend that I, I was able to see more clearly how short life is and how important it is that I pursue my passions. I mean, the people in the first circle, the people that just see their voice as a technical problem, often they're not yet aware of the ways in which that correlates with the other stuff that's happening in their lives. And they'll say things like, I'm just here to work on my voice. I know this isn't therapy. <laughs> or, you know, I'll find myself asking inquisitive questions about uh, some other stuff that's going on in their life. And I'll feel resistance from them about why would he ask me about this? I just need you to give me exercises. I just need you to help me achieve this next thing that I want my voice to be able to do. I don't want to spend time on the other stuff. Conversely, you'll have people from the right side of our circle who have stuff going on in their life and they want to pursue their voice as a means for creating better balance and healing and they'll inevitably lead with the statement, well, I'm not concerned with being a good singer. Um, I'm not trying to be famous or anything here. This isn't about performing. Uh, and I always just have to giggle a little bit because um, when someone leads in that sort of defensive way, uh, especially in light of everything that's happening in their lives, you have to know that there's a deep, maybe unaccessed yearning or longing for um, just a taste of some of those things. And so we all enter into this space from, you know, a different point in the Venn diagram. And all, all of those points are welcome. But if I'm doing my job right we will land in the center. We'll see the overlap of the two. We'll be able to correlate that the ways in which our voice feels stuck mirror the areas in which our life feels stuck. And the ways in which our voice already feels free and it feels good, they also mirror the areas of our life that we're able to show up and be free. And to me, this is just the great essential value of the work, that we can kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, that we can use the voice, we can use it as a tool for creating change within our ability to create sound and make sound, but also simultaneously unpack and get to know and pull apart and rebuild the areas of our life that feel like they are constricted feel like they're contracting rather than expanding. 
So that's the first category. But then I said that there's the second category of people that are on the precipice <laughs> of crisis and they don't know it. So generally those people fall into the coming to me because something's wrong with their voice, you know, that maybe they haven't connected the dots or the other areas of their life, but something they know for whatever reason they want to work on their voice. Maybe it's just something that they've wanted to do for a long time. Um, it's a part of them that they feel like they've been ignoring, or maybe they just have it within them that it's a good idea to do voice work. I mean, plenty of professional musicians that I've worked with or even amateur hobby musicians um, they have these moments where they just get an intuitive nudge that goes like, yeah, I think I'm supposed to work on my voice right now. And they might not necessarily be in the midst of an existential crisis, per se. They might not be in a dark night of the soul, but they just feel like this would be a useful endeavor for personal growth, for expansion of their skills and their abilities. And so this precipice of crisis moment, what is that about? What do I mean? Well, I've seen time and time again, and, I, and just for the record, I don't take pleasure in this by any means, but I'm being honest with you that I've seen time and time again that someone will begin to do this work with me. And within six months, something will unfold in their life that they hadn't necessarily known was going to unfold. And the events look similar to the events that I, uh, I mentioned before. Suddenly they'll find themselves ending a long-term relationship. Suddenly the dissatisfaction that they felt in their career choice will bubble up in a way that they can no longer take it. Suddenly they'll break free of a religious tradition that they've clung to for a long time. Or suddenly they'll have a conversation with a family member that they've been needing to have. They might come out of the closet. <laughs> it just never ceases to amaze me how this work can precede an explosion or an implosion. That you could be just working with a voice coach on becoming a better singer, on becoming a but freer voice user, and then suddenly you're upending your life. You're making a huge shift. You're acknowledging a truth that you've been ignoring. You're disassembling a system that you have been relying upon. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? But it happens so often, so often, so often that it honestly, at this point, just makes me giggle. When I'll be working with someone, we'll be working on their voice and I'll have this intuitive knowing that something's up, but they haven't named it yet for me. And, and my line of questioning hasn't yet unearthed it. And then all of a sudden we're in the midst of a session and the tears come forth and the honesty flows. And suddenly what's being revealed is... I can't do this anymore. I can't do the thing that I have been doing anymore. I have to make a change. I have to create something different for myself in my life. Now, the only reason I say I giggle about this is just that you got to laugh at the mystery that is the universe. <laughs> you have to laugh at the miraculous and wild way that the universe works. And also... 
I laugh because I've seen this through enough times to just know that it's right. That when that happens, it means we're following the right path. And I also know from experience that this shit is hard. Like how this goes down can be really, really hard. But that's what change looks like. That's where the growth actually happens. That's where the new sounds actually get made. So what is it? What is it about working on your voice that can potentially give you the courage to end a career that you hate or that can give you the courage to go back to school at the age of 55 or can give you the courage to no longer participate in a relationship that is not healthy, that is not happy in your life? Well, to begin with, I believe that this has to do with the somatic embodied experience of vibration. I believe that this has to do with vibrational change. I know that every time we come back to our embodied selves through the experience of our voice, that we are both reminded of ourself in a way that we so often forget, reminded of our essential self, our vibrational being, but we also inspire vibrational change by the very nature of our voice. Every time I make a sound, I create something new. There's new creation. Every time I make a sound, there's something new that I've expressed. My voice is thought manifest. My voice is um, not only my sound, but it's the vibrational experience of my sound in my body. It's not only my thought, it's not only my idea, but it's the vibrational experience of that thought and that idea. And that new creation, that creates a new um, possibility. <laughs> it's a new information. It's a new frame of reference for everything I know about who I am and everything I know that is possible. Every time I make a new sound, I name a new possibility. When we find ourselves in times of crisis, we often find ourselves unable to connect with the truth of infinite possibility. We find ourselves feeling stuck. We find our voice feeling stuck. And while stuckness is certainly a myth, when it comes to the vibrational nature of the universe, there is the experience of better and worse flow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're not really stuck. I mean, things are always shifting and changing around you, but sometimes my ability to move with the flow is worse. And sometimes it feels great. Sometimes I'm in alignment. My life is moving forward. My voice is singing freely. So in these moments of crisis, th there's sort of a bottleneck of movement and the frustration and the tension builds until suddenly the pressure is just too great. And maybe, maybe there was something that wiggled all of that, which was caught up at the bottleneck just enough to push it through, or maybe even more dramatically, the bottle exploded. 
Let me see if I can say this in terms of a hypothetical situation. There is a woman who is um, 38 years old (laughs) and she lives a good life. She um, is in a relationship and uh, she doesn't have any kids uh, and she has a job that she likes well enough. It's a pretty good job. She's been in this line of work for quite a long time. She's risen up the ranks. She gets paid pretty well. She's actually appreciated at work. Um, People see the hard work that she does, and she's gotten some acknowledgement for it. But on the daily, when she goes to work, there's a deep sense of frustration within her. There's a frustration around this idea that she has this good job that pays her well and for all intents and purposes, it, it should be fulfilling. But there's a part of her that doesn't feel seen or heard in this space. And this frustration, it's been mounting over time. It started as a quiet voice because she was able to, to, to you know, muffle it at first just to say, yeah, but look how good your life is. But as she gets older, she finds herself more and more caught up in these moments where she's going, is this it? Is this the whole thing? Is this the work I do? And so out of curiosity, she used to sing when she was in college. In fact, she was going to be a voice major in college, um, but she decided a business track was a better track to take. And so out of curiosity at this point in her life, she thought, thinks to herself, what if I went back to singing? It might be just a great thing to get back into the hobby of using my voice, of getting back to using it in a way that would just remind me of my creative side and so forth. So she finds a voice coach uh, and he's a little outside of the box. <laughs> he seems to be talking a lot about spirituality and he's talking about um, holistic things when he's thinking about the voice, but she's open and he seems nice and, you know, she's game to give it a try. And so she starts voice coaching. And in the very first session, when she hears herself sing, she feels this experience of wonder, of confusion, and also excitement. What is this sound? It sounds really different than she remembered in college, but it also sounds exciting and it carries with it some curious um, emotions. And so she starts to really explore all of this. She starts to really explore her voice. She starts to sing a lot. And on the daily, she feels both frustrated and excited with the sounds that she's able to make. And over just a short period of time, she starts to hear her voice growing and her thoughts around her voice start expanding into, well, what would happen if she actually sang in front of people? Now, meanwhile, she's going to work. She's doing the thing that she always does. And when she goes to work, something just feels itchier than ever before. Something feels a little bit more off than ever before. And she can't stop thinking about singing. And she knows that that's not a viable career path. It's not that she's there, but there's something about what she's doing in that space that just feels incongruent with the work that she's doing on the daily. How do they connect? How do they see each other? How can the her that shows up to sing be able to show up 
to work. Is that possible? Now, I'm not going to finish this story out <laughs> because the ending would be too obvious. I'll let you imagine the hypothetical ending because there are lots of different ones. But do you see what I mean here about this idea of the vibrational change? To have this experience of making these sounds in your body to be in your car and hear your voice just like you've never heard it before because someone encouraged you to make a sound. Someone showed you how to make a sound that you didn't know you could make. And then suddenly everything is different. Suddenly your relationship to your work is different. Suddenly you have big choices to make about how it is that you're prioritizing your time. See, the thing about that vibrational change is I always want to begin from the literal nature, the actual physical somatic aspect of feeling your voice in your body. When you do that, you shift your whole energetic being. But not only your physical self, you shift your thoughts because you start to know about yourself in a way that maybe you never have before. And you could say, well, yeah, I, I used to sing. I know what that's like. I did it a long time ago. I, I sang a lot in college. I was going to be a voice major. That's not you now. That's not you in this moment in your life dealing with all of the things that you're dealing with. That's not you now having made choices in the past that didn't point you in the direction that you thought they would. And that's not you having the life experience to see that sometimes things have to get turned upside down before they can find their way right side up. And so you come to voice work and you go, I just think I need to work on my voice. And then all of a sudden you're finding, I actually can't keep doing this, this thing that I've been doing. And I don't know why singing has alerted me to this, but I'm going to make a change. I'm going to pull the plug. I'm going to set that boundary. I'm going to, you tell me. So what then allows someone to get through that, to get through to the other side? I don't know. <laughs> it would be so amazing if I had a straight ahead answer to that, but I don't. I, I do believe this is something like the hero's journey. And I'm going to save that for another podcast episode. If you're familiar with Joseph Campbell and the archetypal hero's journey, I think that the voice journey is is very similar in how it typically plays out. But what I've observed is that there is no common course that one has to take. And even worse, there's no length of time over which this always unfolds. It's really variable. But what I've seen time and time again is that most people who are willing to take the step to create this significant change that may result 
in crisis, that if they're just willing to do that, they'll likely stick it out to the end. They'll likely see it through. Because generally there's something about their spirit in that moment that is so open, that is so willing to find themselves in the place of surrender, that is so gritty and optimistic about the possibility of the future and is so committed to living a free life that they will learn the habits that support that, which often include curiosity and play and exploration and openness and self-care and self-love and the nurturing of the most important relationships and embracing the unknowns of time, seeing the joy in the process versus a fixation on the product. It's such a tricky part of being human. The fact that so often we have to find ourselves in crisis to actually inspire significant change. I mean, how much do I wish in my own life that was not the case, but I've just seen time and time again, it's true. And every time we have a crisis, we suddenly know more about ourselves. And this again, takes me back to this fundamental principle of the voice. Every time you use your voice, you know more about yourself and you know more about how it is that you want to relate to the world. And the specific thing about the voice is that you also invite people to hear you differently. You invite them to know you differently. Every time I make a sound, I give them the opportunity to see how it is that they're relating to me. And if I make a free sound, they have no choice but to relate to me as a free person. <laughs> and I got to tell you, a free person, they're dangerous because they're not afraid of change. They know change is an inevitable part of this experience. They know change is the essence of their sound. And they know that anything other than accepting that is simply resistance and resistance creates tension. And sure, this isn't easy. I mean, who wants to change? Who wants to end something? Who wants to upend something that feels comfortable, something that feels safe, something that feels, you know, societally acceptable? This actually reminds me of something I've heard myself say to others before. And it's who in their right mind sings in front of other people. <laughs> it's so vulnerable. It's so scary. There's so much at stake, seemingly at stake. It's not normal. I mean, people don't in society often sing in front of others. It's certainly an exceptional thing. And yet so many people are so often called to do it. I mean, why? Why would you put yourself in that situation? Are you crazy? <laughs> yes, yes. But more importantly, you just want to be free. You want to be reminded of the parts of you that can withstand the intensity of the fire. You want to be reminded that your story is so much bigger and so much greater than the narrow confines of the one that you believe on a daily basis. 
You want to know the infinite truth of possibility. And your voice, it's a thrill. It's a damn thrill to use it. And every time you use it, it can alert you to all of this. And that alert, that red alert that goes, you're trying to get free. You're trying to get free. You want to get free. It echoes. Its sound reverberates through all of the areas of your life. And if you allow it, it can be the guiding force that transforms the whole of your life. So when I say free your voice and you free your life, I mean it. I'm talking about these sorts of scenarios. I'm talking about these moments that feel like crises, but are actually just tipping points for change. I'm talking about your understanding of yourself expanding so much that you are willing to take the risk to use your voice in a way like you've never used it before. You feeling me? <laughs> Do you feel this in your bones? Now look, there are exceptions to every rule. And these stories, these hypothetical scenarios um, I'm referring to, although not uncommon, not by any means, they certainly um, are being used potentially as hyperbole. But, and, and I don't want you to hear from me that to do this work, you have to end your relationship <laughs> or you have to quit your job. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you find yourself in one of those situations, and you come to this work around the voice. Welcome. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to this secret society of free people. And if you start down this path and you're not in one of those situations and surprisingly you end up in one, you're going to be okay. You'll be okay. You are not alone. You are held. You are supported. You are loved. And you are learning so much about your capacity to hold. And ultimately, you will come out on the other side with the ability to express yourself more freely than you ever have before. I take no delight in the suffering of others. But I recognize that certain situations are an inevitable step on one's journey to get free. And I do take delight, I take profound delight in hearing a free voice and witnessing a person move through their crisis and finally getting free.
All right, my friends, that's another episode of The Sound of You. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. If you like what you heard today, I hope you'll communicate with me in that. I hope you might send me a note, tag me in social media. I hope you might leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And what I hope most is that you will feel inspired to explore the unique and wonderful sound that is the sound of you. Until next time. Peace.